Hey all you space cats, welcome to the Black Hole Podcast, Season 7, Episode 2. Mitch for president, I'm Mitch Miller, the most neutral person in the world, uh, running, and that's why I'm running for president. <clears throat> now in Season 6 I built the case for how the United States has been overtaken by corporate communists and how they... Uh, funnel all the money in the economy to a ruling class of corporate communists. Uh, I would just want to briefly explain how the economy, how an economy works, or how an economy could work. Uh, so say you're a, you're a grocer, you're someone that opens a, a small grocery store, you have 100 customers uh, total that they like you, they like your grocery store, there's a hundred people that come to your store on a regular basis, they each spend a thousand dollars per year in your grocery store, so that equals an intake of a hundred thousand dollars a year, maybe you walk away, the grocer makes fifty five thousand dollars a year from his grocery store, right? Another example would be a house painter, say there's a house painter and uh, she just works alone, one-person operation. She paints 10 houses. Each house is, uh, you know, is a $1,000 job or a $10,000 job. It takes about a month to paint a $10,000 job by yourself. So 10 houses a year, $10,000 a house, that's 100000 so that house painter makes about $75,000 a year and gets a month and a half of vacation a year, right? That's how the economy should work. Small, medium-sized businesses. And it's simple. The, you know, the house painter has good uh, reputation, so it's easy for 10 people a year to want that painter to paint the house. If you do good business, if you get the right groceries in, you can sustain these types of businesses. And all these small businesses make for a strong economy. Now, the corporate communists say you need capital. You need to capitalize to start a business. You need uh, large amounts of capital. You need the stock market. Right, and in the 1800s, you did need capital to build a big factory. In the the Industrial Revolution, you needed to raise large swaths of money to build these factories and things like that. During the wars, you needed the capital to build the factories, but now we don't need these mega corporations. We don't need these corporate conglomerates. Now we can 3D print parts. Right, we could 3D print all the parts. For all of your com complex machinery, your dishwasher, your refrigerator, your things like that, we could send them to an assembly plant and they could be put together in an assembly plant, right? So it's like an agrarian style of capitalism where the home is the asset. Home or apartment, you rent an apartment. If you have enough room for a 3D printer, we could organize in a way, businesses in a way, that all these people with 3D printers are independent contractors. They might wait some tables a couple days a week, and they print parts out of their apartment the rest of the week. Or they print three parts a day, and it takes an hour and a half. 
They send it to the assembly plant and it's, and it's assembled. So you make money from your home. Your home is an asset. And that's, and that's how I'll, I'll try to help organize the economy so that it's complex and strong and vibrant if I'm president of the United States. Now, what's the worst that happens? We have all these plastic parts and all these machines, all these consumer goods, and they break. It's planned obsolescence. These corporations want them to break, so you throw them out because it's cheap to buy a new, brand new uh, dishwasher as it is to get it repaired, right? Or a brand new can opener. So what's the worst that happens if we organize in this way and we start printing these plastic parts and 3D printers in our homes and garages and uh, basements and apartments? Well, then the corporations will probably have to come back and say, hey, we're going to start making long-lasting things, uh, consumer goods. We're going to use metal parts, and that requires smelting. That requires another echelon of manufacture. So we still need to capitalize these big mega corporations to build you. But we're going to bring you products that last a long time now, right? So what's the worst that can happen if we organize our economy in this way? And, and I'm appealing to executives and managers out there, right? Millions of humans using 3D printers need managed by humans. They want to report to humans. They want to be, see face-to-face -face with humans, other humans. These corporate communists, they want automated factories run by AI, which means you can fire all the managers and fire most of the executives, right? And that's what they're pushing for towards. So... Don't sign up for that. Don't let these corporate communists take over the country and hold the economy hostage like they have for the past 50 years. It's time that we become empowered as consumers and as manufacturers ourselves, right? So some other things I would do as president. It's in the news here about protecting government officials, specifically elected officials. They're addresses and personal identifying information, things like that. Now, I'm all for this, uh, but I'm tired, sick and tired of elected officials getting elected so that they can enrich themselves, whether it's getting kickbacks from lobbyists, whether it's holding an elected position because you, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, once you're out of that elected office, you'll have plenty of job opportunities in the private sector and corporations on executive boards and things like that, where you can make millions of dollars, right? They're enriching themselves. If you sign up to be an elected official, you are a public servant. And you need to accept that your income is going to be the salary issued by the taxpayers, and that's it. That's all you get. So... If you want protection from the federal government to protect your personal identifying information, your address and things, we'll put that taxpayer money towards it if I'm president. But you have to open up your bank accounts to monitoring by the federal government. So your spouse and your bank accounts will be monitored by the federal government that's protecting your personal identifying information. And we'll red flag things like lobbyist kickbacks, things like that. It'll be brought to the attention of the authorities. But this is a lifetime monitoring. So not only will 
will we protect your personal information for a lifetime? Your bank accounts will be open for the rest of your life to see if you tried to enrich yourself after you got out of office. And it's a simple rule, right? If you make more than the President of the United States in a year, after you go off, after you're done with your elected term and you go off in the private sector, if you make more than the President of the United States in a year through your salary or bonuses or anything like that, we may make public your bank, not your, your, your income information and other sanctions might come in, into play here. So the president makes a decent amount of money, I think. I haven't looked up the salary of the president, but I'm happy to take it and only it as my income for the rest of my life or be limited by that income for the rest of my life. Um, so that's another program that I would implement. No more politicians getting kickbacks and enriching themselves. If they want protected by the federal government from their for their personal information and things like that, then they have to open up their bank accounts, including offshore bank accounts, everything that's in their name. And it'll be monitored tightly by authorities. All right, the other thing I've talked about is the Periscope platform, which I detailed in season three of this podcast. It's a way for the government to be transparent about who they met with, what lobbyists they met with. They can publish their um, their uh, schedules with details of who they met with. Um, they can appeal to their constituents through podcasts and through votes. And the other thing I want to say about this opening up bank accounts thing, sorry to go back, but I personally have posted every receipt that I've received, every expenditure I've had, other than occasional cash payments where someone didn't give me a receipt, since Hurricane Ian in uh, 2022. So since September of 2022, October of 2022, on Twitter, if you go to X, formerly known as Twitter to my account, and look through the history of my posts, there are thousands of receipts. I am very open and transparent about how much it costs to employ me as an agent of truth and justice, and I will continue to do that uh, on on one platform or another. If it's not X, if X goes to a pay-for platform, then I'll probably shift to another one, but I will continue to publish my receipts so that you can see how much money I spend on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis if you want to add that up. So um, back to the Periscope platform. Uh, it, it makes transparency for the government. And this is the answer. This is the key to immigration. If the United States government cuts its corruption... If it eliminates most of its corruption by going transparent using the Periscope platform, which I will enact as president, but I can't get every elected official to get on board with it, they have to individually choose to use the platform. If we can bring transparency to the United States government, 
we can require any nation that trades with the United States to adopt similar transparency measures, if not the same transparency measures, right? So this brings transparency to South America, to all these other, to Africa, to any other nation that receives funds from the United States or trades with us, that their government has to be transparent, that the watchdog comp, uh, groups have access to these elected officials, what they're doing, and things like that. And that will essentially stabilize the governments around the world so that people are not persecuted, are not in dire straits and seek asylum in the United States, in Europe. This solves immigration, but the people, the powerful nations like the United States, Europe, they have to be willing to be transparent first. You're not going to just push this on these other countries. You have to take the first step. So that's the Periscope platform. And I think we could make it a requirement for new states. If new states, if states want to join the United States, want to join the Union, they have to run an entirely transparent state, local state government, local and state government through the Periscope platform. So I'm looking at Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C. I think they should be states. I think they should be part of the union as full-fledged states of the United States. So they could take the initiative to adopt a Periscope platform to fund it in some way if we can find legal means for it to come out of their budgets in some way to fund this platform. Um, I would suggest that. And if we get Washington, D.C. to adopt the Periscope platform, the transparency platform, perhaps they could mandate that any elected official operating in the D.C. metro area must also follow these transparency measures. That would bring the entire federal government on board with uh, transparency in the government. All right, another thing I would do is reintroduce the Fairness Doctrine. This was implemented in 1949, and it was repealed in 1987. It uh, basically says that con controversial issues with differing viewpoints uh, should be aired on, aired on the television radio of the United States of America. So they so media companies would have to devote some time to controversial matters of public interest and air contrasting views regarding those matters. So I would bring the fairness doctrine back and I believe this is why we have just all of our network news is just talking heads screaming at each other and it's mostly opinion. It's not fact-based. So one step we can take I have lots of measures that the FCC can use to bring actual fact-based news to the United States, which we have do not have whatsoever. But this is one step that was already implemented for many, many years in the United States that we could bring back immediately to get some of this information back to a neutral type of scenario so that we don't have the polarization in the United States that we've had for the past 40 years. All right, so...
Um, so, uh, the other thing, so, so all campaign donations, right? Or most of them, what I'll be transparent with the campaign donations, the donors, everything like that. All campaign donations will go toward, uh, building the Periscope platform out, right? So if you want to donate, get a hold of me. We'll use it to build the Periscope platform for transparency in the federal government for the voting the voting platform so that we can vote on the vice president, secretary of state, secretary of treasury, things like that. And what I'm going to do is try to sell shirts, stickers or magnets. So I have these, um, these this design I came up with, American... Uh, there's no can't in American. Get it? Can't and can. These shirts that I've designed. So we'll sell that to raise money for the campaign. Uh, the other thing I thought of was stickers or magnets. One that says Trump or Bumper. Another that says Riding with Biden with maybe a little bicycle on it, right? So we sell these stickers to raise money, and those will definitely, all of that money will definitely go directly to building Periscope. So if they tried to fight us about selling their swag, we can say, hey, look, we want you to be transparent to adopt this Periscope platform. We're building it so that you can use it if you're elected, so on and so forth. The other thing, I have some art and some uh, shirts at the original ideas tattoo parlor and gallery in Berwick, Pennsylvania. Uh, he's uh, the owner, Bill Earl, as you know, was on the last season, big supporter of, of my projects. And so I have some paintings up there. I have some photography up there. We have the make duels, not war t-shirts and sweatshirts for sale there. And the Black Hole Podcast t-shirts and sweatshirts for sale there. So, uh, again, I'll remind you of my websites, plotm.com. That's plot, P-L-O-T, the letter M, dot com. Almavoter.com, A-L-M-A-V-O-T-E-R, dot com. Trafnet.org, that's T-R-A-F-N-E-T, dot org. And Mitch4Mayor.com. That's Mitch, the number four, Mayor.com. And uh, that's it for this time. Tune in next time when I have some more ideas for what I can do as President of the United States. Vote for Mitch, President of the United States. Until next time, I wish you peace, prosperity, and homeostasis.